off the ball. I don't think Springboks are in crisis because you would hate for a team that is so phenomenally good a year out from the World Cup to be world number one and then to go out in the quarterfinals. Yes, yeah, Stephen, we, we need to subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We are turning our attention to the uh, Grand Prix this weekend. This is a little bit of Monza action. This is the this is the one that I that I so last year I went to the Spa Grand Prix in Belgium, which was the week before Monza. Made the absolute horrific decision of going to Spa when it was rained out, and then the following week. In the sun in Monza, my favourite driver, Daniel Ricciardo, goes and wins it. Why so. would you pick to go to Belgium instead of Italy? <laughs> what, what possessed you? Because the rain usually makes it a very exciting race in Spa. Right. In the middle of the Ardennes Forest, you get plenty of rain, but uh, an but absolute it, howler of decision. Italy. Like the I know. Part of the world to go and Hindsight visit. is twenty twenty, Jer. Even the bad petrol stations have the nicest pizza you've ever had. See, I'd, I'd imagine Jess McFadden wouldn't have made that terrible call, but uh, I unfortunately did. Jess, good morning to you. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. I would I would choose both. So uh, I've been I'm lucky enough that I've been to both, and they are both great for different reasons. But you're right. Last year was a was a was a bad choice. Sorry. <laughs> what still not over it? What's going to happen this weekend? Um. Well, if Max carries on his current form, it could be uh, another Max victory, and I think it will be his fifth in a row. Um. So I think it's it's going to be pretty hard. To stop Max on his current run of form, there he's looking. He's looking unstoppable this season. It was funny last weekend, Jess, at uh, at Zandvoort, where, where like we haven't really seen the uh, Hamilton Verstappen rivalry at all this this season. And really, last weekend was probably the closest they've come since Yas Marina last year. Um, like it was great to see Hamilton pushing him, and obviously, ultimately Verstappen overtook him and won the race. But it was nice to get that little bit of uh, nostalgia for that little rivalry last weekend. It was. Um, whether you called it nostalgia or <laughs> PTSD, uh, yeah. I guess it depends on how, how you felt uh, last year went. But yeah, it was great. It was great to see a competitive Mercedes package um, because, you know, Ferrari seemed to just keep be like dropping the ball. Um, so it was it was good to have at least two drivers pushing max um unfortunately it didn't go their way but it was great and you know we had some really interesting strategy plays there was a lot for us to kind of unpick following the when the the checkered flag dropped there was loads for us to be asking like why did you make that decision and you know why did you put russell on softs and leave hamilton uh, out there exposed and obviously that's where max uh, got him at the safety car restart so i uh, yeah last weekend was great it was it, it, you know i can't believe we're talking about being surprised that Mercedes are competitive, but hey, that's 2022. It's funny that Verstappen pretty much, uh, all but mathematically, has the, the title race sewn up, and yet, does it become a point now, Jess, where, where he turns his attention to records? I think it's, that was his 10th win maybe last weekend, and Schumacher and Vettel have the, have the record jointly on, on 13 race wins in one season. So it's going to become the kind of Cristiano Ronaldo individual records kind of question now for Max. Surely he's out to get these records. Do you know what? When you ask him about records, even about championships, you know, after after winning last year, he said, I've completed F1 now. I don't really need to win another title. I'll always be a world champion. Um, so he's not really that fussed about records. I think he's one of those drivers that, you know, pr- probably are nice to have, but it's not really on his hit list. He just wants to go out there and win. And if that means that he then beats somebody's record, then... 
yeah, all right. But he's very like lackadaisical about those things, which is quite funny. Um, I think we get more excited about them than than he does. But yeah, I mean, yeah, if he wins in Monza, he could have this title wrapped up by Japan. Uh, so you know, that's another two ra- in two races time. So yeah, it's 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 kind of especially after how close last season was a bit disappointing that we could have the title wrapped up and not really anything to get excited about anymore than the, maybe the constructors but for people watching it's the drivers is 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 the more important championship so um yeah it's it's a bit of a shame but it just goes to show how right max and red bull have had it this year and they'll they will be especially again dependent on how you saw last season play out this season they will be undoubtedly very deserving uh champions it, it, it's a very important point to make that like most people are very into the drivers championship as opposed to the constructors and yet obviously the the teams um really value that but to that, that crossover appeal that we've talked about consistently over the last 18 months um where the casual fan is now tuning in you don't want these processions where we know in advance who's going to win the big prize at the end so uh, I guess a lot of the conversation at the moment is about next year and making sure that there is going to be a proper competition for the Drivers' Championship what's your feeling about what next year will actually look like on the basis of what we're seeing at the moment? I think you know we had such a massive regulation change at the start of the season. If you look back through the history books, um, which for casual fans, new fans, I would definitely say go and do because you learn a lot. But we usually get this sense where one team ordinarily will just nail it and they will have a very, very strong season um, that can often be as runaway as it has been this year. Uh, I mean, with Mercedes, we had it for multiple seasons. Now, I'm not sure that's going to happen next year. At least the optimist in me doesn't think that that maybe is going to be, we're not, you know, we're not going into another period of, uh, one team dominant. I think we are still going to be having, um, higher competitiveness because I mean, for all, for all of Ferrari's maybe blunders this season, they have a very strong car. Um, so if they can learn from this season, tidy up a little bit the internal problems that they've had going on that maybe you know they're not as on it as um red bull are in terms of uh in in race moments um you know we could be having they, they could be coming back stronger for sure and um, mercedes you know you can't you cannot say that they they won't have the investment and the wherewithal to go away and go right we got the beginning of the season completely wrong um, how do we come back and make sure that doesn't happen? They're they're pretty confident that they know what is wrong, and over the winter break they'd be able to fix it. So you know, if we've got three teams in it next year, properly in it, six drivers properly in it, then that's that's a recipe for for greatness. So I'm almost like I'm going to let this season lie just because of what a massive change it was, and for everybody to have come out and got it right. That I mean, I don't think that's ever happened when we've had a regulation change. So uh, let's leave 2022 as for what it was and for what it is and definitely get excited about next season just on on Ferrari Jess that you mentioned there I mean promised so much at the start of the season I think they won two of the first three races and you're thinking right this is going to be great like some of their strategy calls have been absolutely ridiculous Um, and even some of the basic errors in operation like for anyone watching last weekend I think it was Carlos Sainz's first pit stop where they put three wheels on the car and you're just sitting there watching 
pretty sure the car needs four wheels. Like yeah. some little moments like that where Ferrari have just been all at sea. I know like this is obviously their home race at Monza this weekend. The pressure goes up more than just a notch. Uh, talk of a, a new rear wing for them as well to try and maybe catch up to that pace with above the Red Bulls. But the pressure is really on them this weekend, Jess. It is, but they're also used to losing in Monza. So, <laughs> um, I mean, Charles Leclerc, is the most recent Ferrari winner um, back in twenty? When was it? Twenty nineteen? I think he won there. It it was great for them. It was amazing, but it was the first time that they'd won in I can't remember how many years, but it'd been a very long time since they'd had. I think Fernando Alonso was the last winner uh, in a Ferrari at Monza. So it it they they're kind of used to it being this. It's called the Cathedral of Motorsport, and it is absolutely. Probably one of the. I, I didn't. I've not been able to go to Zandvoort yet um, since it's come back, and everybody says what an amazing atmosphere it is, it is there. But Monza, I have been to, and it is the Tifosi are incredibly passionate for Ferrari, and you do feel like if you are not wearing red, you do feel very uh, noticeable. But um, it's it's a great place, and I think you know the, the passion hasn't waned. At least I hope it won't have done this this year. Even though I'm sure Tifosi are a bit disappointed just given how promising the start of the season was um but yeah i mean pressure's on they're also it's a big celebration for them they're celebrating 75 years of ferrari they've got a, a celebration livery they've bring a bit they've brought a bit of the modern yellow to the car uh, they'll be wearing yellow race suits so you know they're still celebrating it even if maybe on track they definitely don't think that they've got the right package to be super competitive in monza it's you know such high speed um, and they just don't think that they've got the right package to be able to compete with the with the with the speed of Red Bull so yeah it's probably going to be one where they turn up they'll be happy if they, if they get end on if they end up on the podium that that would be enough I think for the Tifosi and for Ferrari especially given um, how much they've kind of they've missed out this season um, or the last few races anyway as well so um, yeah I think it, it'll just be one of those ones that I'll be like it's great but let's skip it quickly <laughs> Are you reading anything into how pissed off Lewis Hamilton was last weekend? Um, is that just because he's competitive and so therefore that's all we should expect? Or is it he's so pissed off because he's got so few opportunities left to win? Or he's so pissed off because he was actually so close to winning and so therefore, you know, uh, proving that the car could be competitive next season? Um, any of these any of these sound plausible? Yeah, I think probably the, the latter. Um, it was so unexpected um they i mean they, they were pretty confident that they could be competitive in zambor and you know, before we we went into qualifying we thought oh maybe mercedes are going to have a shoe in at, at challenging max at least and it was it was really tight uh for qualifying but unfortunately mercedes weren't quite up there so the p- fact that they were able to then go really ballsy on strategy um and have them at a point where all of a sudden we're like they could win this now like they've 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 nailed this strategically and then it's f1 so if you get a vsc a virtual safety car or a safety car thrown at the wrong time for you all of that hard work just falls away and that's essentially what happened with with lewis and i think you know lewis we were talking about records earlier he is um, a driver who has won a race in every season that he's competed in and 2022 looks like maybe that's going to be the first time he he doesn't so i think it it was very emotional. He said, you know, the reason why he was so upset was because he knows how hard every single person in the Mercedes team is working to get the team back up there where it feels like it belongs. And 
to not be able to deliver on a win for them. I think he he took that very hard. He's a very emotional driver. Um, he gets very affected by that. And I think he thought that Mercedes maybe threw it away. But in the heat of the moment, especially when the driver can only see what's going on in front of them, you know, they can't see what's going on uh, elsewhere on track. You know, they only get the information their engineers giving giving them. Um, I think in the heat of the moment, of course, he was really upset. Of course, he was very, very disappointed. Um, and afterwards, when he spoke, he explained why. He said it was just because it was so disappointing that we were so close. We've been working so hard and we have nothing to show for it. I mean, Russell got P2, which was great. I mean, I thought his his own personal strategy calls were spot on. Um, it, he's really proving to be a very, very formidable driver in all aspects including calling his own strategies which is what you want really um but yeah i think it was just it's pure disappointment um because we don't know when they're going to get another shot again they're probably not going to be very competitive around monza so you know when is that opportunity going to arise again where they could potentially take a a win home um i I don't know if that's going to happen so yeah i think it was just super super a disappointment it's almost hard to believe, Jess, that, that Daniel Ricciardo won at Monza last year, given all that's happened to him this year. And I know that was mm. McLaren's first win in, in a decade, I think, almost. And yep. like when you look at what's happened this season, even for Ricciardo last week at Zandvoort, I mean, qualifying 10 places behind your teammate bruises the ego somewhat. And then, of course, finishing, I think, second last of the, of the cars that finished. Like... At the minute, he doesn't have a seat for 2023, Daniel Ricciardo, which will come as a disappointment to, to all, even neutral Formula 1 fans. Yeah. Is he at the moment now playing for, for a place on the grid next next season? And like, Are there any teams that you think, I know Haas was, was, was rumoured at one point, but where do you think he ends up next season? Is, is he in danger of not being on the grid whatsoever? Yeah, that's a million dollar question. <laughs> I think he genuinely is, well, multi-million dollar question when it comes to driver <laughs> salaries, but um, I I... My more and more, I'm thinking he's going to take a year out um, and not be on the grid next season, which I know would be a big blow for a lot of people. Um, but what he, the problem is with Daniel, he's moved now. Um, this is his third team in Formula One, and he, well, fourth team technically, but um, he, if you count Toro Rosso, but obviously that was in the Red Bull family. Mm. He, there's not really many other places that he can go and he has said he wants to be competitive now you mentioned Haas Haas is an interesting prospect because um, they look like potentially they're going to get some uh, an injection of investment in the form of a you know that that they've they've been whispering about getting a headline sponsor hopefully nothing like a rich energy again we need to cut or or a Carly they kind of need a headline sponsor that's not going to cause them uh, some uh, problems (laughs) problems <laughs> but um if they do get an injection you know it is a good it is a good team and it could be a place that builds itself around daniel um because of his experience because he is a proven multiple race winner not just monza he won at red bull as well um, but that feels like a very very long time ago um it, it like it could be a good move for him but what he doesn't want to end up in is kind of like tootling around in the midfield and not within a sniff of a win ever um, McLaren, whilst yes, we mentioned like he's not got on very very well. We talk, we were talking about Lando Norris. You know, he's due a win, um, and with McLaren last season, especially, we, we you know, he almost did win in Russia. So it's, it's it's McLaren. You wouldn't count as a tootling midfield team. It is competitive and can take advantage of of opportunities when the top three kind of miss out. But I don't think he really wants to 
I don't think he wants like the Haas move doesn't sound sexy to him. Um, it, so I think we'll have to see. Um, my my money's on him taking a taking time out and seeing how the grid shuffles out uh, in future and 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 talking to teams about another drive. But yeah, he's he's kind he's running out of options now, um, and it looks like he can't go back to Alpine Renault where he was before. Um, it looks like they are dead set on Gasly if Red Bull can um, negotiate Colton Herter, the IndyCar driver. If he can get a super license, they want to bring him in to replace Gasly at AlphaTauri, but that's whether or not the uh, FIA will make an exemption for him because he currently doesn't have enough super license points, even though he's done very, very well in IndyCar. So, um, I mean, it's been amazing kind of chess play here. Um, in terms of silly season, it's been it's been really interesting to work out. But yeah, when the music stops, there might not be any seats left for for Daniel to to jump into. So we could be looking at a a grid without Ricardo's name on it next year. Yeah, scary prospect. I mean, it, and just a final one for me, Jess. The Oscar Piastri mess finally uh, over mm. to some degree, um, and he will drive for McLaren next year. But. Uh, it, it's kind of set a precedent in some ways and just interesting reading some of the, the comments especially from uh, Toto Wolff the Mercedes team principal where he said George Russell and Esteban Ocon we financed them a long way on and of course the, the insinuation here being that if if you finance a driver of course they should maybe repay you when it comes to being a Formula 1 driver on the grid and he said to know now a precedent has been set that if you are clever you can manoeuvre yourself out of something that's clearly not good for the industry so we will employ even more lawyers for even stricter contracts like mm. it, 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 it's you feel like it's going to change the sport, this Oscar Piastri mess, and it's, it's maybe not going to go away anytime soon. I see. I think that's, I mean, I understand where Toto is coming from, of course, because, you know, as he said, uh, these young driver programs, they invest a lot of money in young talent in order to secure the future of the team by having great drivers on their roster. But if you look at the timeline of what happened with Oscar, I actually do not blame the kids one iota of 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 what for what he did um alpine just did not show any forthcoming in terms of locking him in a proper contract if you look at what actually he signed it was so vague it just said yeah we'll 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 we'll, we'll put you in an f1c at some point now he's already been sat waiting in the sidelines for alpine to decide what it's going to do um and the the agreement that he you know he he was November 2021 is when he signed this vague uh, terms sheet uh, and he was promised within 10 days he would have a reserve driver contract and an F1 driver contract that would detail where he would end up at what stage. And it took months, I think it was three months, four months until it actually materialised. Um, and by which point it was still too vague. And they, the Alpine just delayed, delayed, delayed uh, to the point where they actually they ended up sending the terms sheet, uh, sheet to the con- uh, contract recognition board, which is what you have to do for every every contract you have with a driver. You have to send the contract off to the CRB. And um, it was just so vague that when it came to eventually talking to McLaren, because by that point they'd been waiting patiently, nothing materializing. And then essentially what they were shown was, um, you're not going to be racing with Alpine until at least 2025, and we might we're going to stick you in a Williams, and that's not what Oscar wanted, or that's not what Oscar agreed, uh, and his management team agreed with Alpine, and so it, what turned out was that he then decided to go and speak to other teams, which I think you know 
I'm not an F1 driver or a F2 driver, but to be left hanging like that by the team that said, you know, it's going to invest in you, it's going to bring you up, it's going to put you in a seat. You know, what is Oscar going to do in the meantime? He's not going to have any uh, bum in seat time, which for a driver is so crucial. So I actually don't, I understand what Toto's saying. And I think having proper contracts, yes, that is the key here to not having something similar happen to another team. But it's it's kind of all on Alpine um, and not doing that properly. So yes, cool, get more lawyers, write better contracts, but also don't expect your junior drivers to sit and wait when they have such a loose contract agreement anyway. So it's been fascinating for sure. Um, I've often said sometimes, even when we talk about uh, stewarding decisions, it sometimes feel, feels a bit more like a court of law than it does, say, a football match where yeah. a referee just decides. Um, but yeah, this this has really been a courtroom drama. Um, I can't wait for the Netflix coverage of it <laughs> because if they've got any kind of background stuff on it, it will be explosive. Um, so yeah, I think it, I, I, I don't think it's fair to say it's set a precedent. I think just just get your contracts in order, make sure they're watertight and don't leave young talent which everybody on the grid agrees he is a he's wonder talent um hence why mclaren took the risk with him don't leave them hanging all right jess great stuff as ever thanks a minute for joining us cheers thanks so much bye otb am with gillette get into your flow with the new gillette labs razor with exfoliating bar